Now, for something completely different, from east of the Rockies, here's Brian Wilson. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, and all of you waiting in line for your copy of the Jeffrey Epstein client list, I hate to disappoint you, but it's time once again to thrill to another slide down the razor blade of life and experience second only to another episode of The Two and Only with more surprises than you can load in the back of a 67 Corvette. Brian Wilson's my name, star of stage, screen, and television. Three of those are outright lies. Joining me once again from his Lego-inspired executive suite, safely ensconced behind his recently furbished and bulletproof IBM Selectic typewriter with the built-in correcto tape to frustrate those pesky editors, my partner in mediocre podcasting, best-selling author, investigative reporter, New York Post opinion writer, and this month's winner of the Biden Crime Syndicate's Royal Pain-in-the-Ass Award, sporting his customary flame-retardant face foliage, James Bovard. Hello, Jim. Hey, Brian. Thanks for the great intro. It's always a hoot to see what you pull out of the uh, hat each week there, so... Uh, brought back memories. You mentioned those old IBM typewriters. I used to use those back when I was a Kelly girl, back before the transgender craze. Yeah. Yes, I know that. That's back when you were getting in touch with your feminine side. Ah, yeah. 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 I think that lasted about four minutes. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I pull them out of the hat or not, James. I, most people don't wear their hat that low, but we'll uh, we'll do the best we can on a week to week basis. Um, My dermatologist said to me yesterday. What was that? Uh, most people don't wear their hats hats that low, and oh. <laughs> I'm a follow-up line, but I should shut the hell up. Yeah, I tell you what, when that happens, just write it down and send it to me. I'll try and you know recycle it in next week. Speaking of next week, it was um, it was just about a oh, only a week ago we were getting all giddy about the GOP debate in Milwaukee, and here we are uh, it's a week later. Feels as if it's ancient history. Any uh, any thoughts you've been dying to share with us uh, today, Jim, from that exciting hour or two from about a week ago? Well, it was. Uh, I was just glad to see it restored people's faith in our political system. Mm, true. Um, so true. now it was. I, you know, it was about as bad as I expected. I thought there would be a little more back and forth on Ukraine. Uh, Vivek was good on that. Uh, Governor DeSantis was uh, maybe good, maybe not. He wasn't really that clear. Most of the others, some of the others that were outspoken were really bad. Um, it's just, it's hard to see um, a lot of um, room for optimism here, but maybe something good will come out of all this. I was glad to see the governor of North Dakota say something nice about the 10th Amendment. Yes. Um, it's interesting to see how some of the uh, some of the candidates want to uh, basically, you know, drive the uh, drive the party over a cliff in order to make a moral statement. But uh, you know, that would help the uh, Joe Biden a lot. So yeah, I say so. What else is new? The uh, actually, I kind of the one moment I liked uh, a lot was the um, the little back and forth between uh, uh, Vivek and uh, Haley when. Uh, she shot him with something, and he turned around and said, uh, "You'll have a great future on the board of Raytheon and Boeing." I thought that was, uh, I think that was in uh, in her her effort to support the uh, I don't know whether it was Israel or Ukraine or whatever, but it was a uh, pretty pretty snappy back and forth. But uh, yeah, I, there was a very good article by Lee Fang that traced about how her her net worth had increased from like one million to about eight or nine million yeah. since she left office, and a lot of that's been from you know. Uh, military contractors and foreign interests 
uh, groups that are interested in foreign, uh, you know, policy or whatever. So, you know, she's, um, it was good that Vivek called her out. I mean, it's interesting to see uh, if the GOP has learned anything. I was struck by Governor uh, DeSantis was um, uh, touting that he had been with the Navy SEALs over in Fallujah during the <laughs> George Bush's Iraq war. Uh, but uh, he wasn't actually a SEAL. He was a Harvard Law School graduate uh, alongside them and basically telling them how to treat detainees and, oh, the imagination races on that one. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I have uh, found it uh, subsequently interesting. I, I saw that Fang Fang uh, article, too, and I was thinking, wow, what, we made a big deal about Bill Clinton's speaking fees. I wonder her speaking fees were to be able to get around to go from one to eight uh, pretty much overnight. But hooray for her. Sure. You know, they, uh, at least I'll know where to go for a loan if she ever comes to this part of the country. But the thing with uh, with Christie, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess uh, I guess the network's like having him on as a guest because, you know, all he does is, is blast Trump and it gives them an opportunity to take a break from all that. But uh, he, he's I, mean, I haven't heard him say anything worthwhile about anything. At least he's consistent. He's well, you're right. It's yes, just, he's consistent. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's he was he was gas bagging, uh, you know, just uh, dreadfully there during the debate. And as, and you think, OK, so this is the A team that the Republicans are putting forward as possible candidates, and uh, it's like, holy crap, who was the second string here? Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. There's, there seems to be a bunch of people running that have some really interesting, good, positive, you know, freedom-oriented uh, type of comments to make about certain things, and then they go right off the cliff on something else like Ukraine or abortion or guns or, or something along that order. It's, um, it's it's almost as if you wish you could kind of, you know, take them into the laboratory and put together a composite candidate, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, and, and come up with something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what, uh, see what happens, but it certainly was. I, I think the more you listen to it and the more you read, the more you study and all the rest of that, you start to get the sense of like Vivek said, you know, the biggest about he's a, I thought it was his, his best line of the night was I'm the only guy up here who's not bought and paid for. He had the best lines of the night yeah. and he did a very good job of, de of delivering them. It was interesting uh, watching some of the candidates. It was like that they had not learned anything since 2015. Good. I mean, um, seeing, seeing the debates in 2015, Donald Trump came in there and basically practically uh, revolutionized how a uh, political uh, debate would go because he was so much quicker and he has his lines were so much better and he had much better delivery than most of the other GOP candidates. He had some really bad ideas, but, you know, mm. that didn't stop him. Uh, but um, whereas a number of the candidates uh, last week were just as flat footed as you know, candidates have been historically. And it's like, it makes for horrible TV, and if you've got one or two folks who are quick, then it, it, it makes them look like they're, um, you know, the French army in World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and, and how well they did. Uh, but I agree. I agree. I, thought, I was thinking about the Trump performance uh, last time around, and he was, um, it's almost as if he, and I don't say it in a bad way, but he lowered the bar. Uh, for whatever um, whatever civility may have still existed uh, for the debate, 
poorly named. Uh, it's no debate at all as far as the uh, real debate is concerned. But uh, who cares? I mean, this is just uh, – didn't you have the line last week? This is just like uh, World Wrestling Federation, you know, in suit and tie rather than, uh, you know, um, G-strings or whatever those uh, outfits are. I, it's it's – um, it's a good it was line. Just all it a matter of one-upsmanship across the board. You know who had the who who could jump in and make the snottiest comment, and it's um... yeah, it's 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 unsavory. But I mean, part of the problem is is that the is that the media people who are supposedly the the ringleaders or the the the, the ringmasters moderators um, moderators. You know, <laughs> there's not much there either. So no. it's like okay. No, I thought that was. Uh, that was the downside. I think that's about the time I started to tune out was when everything was just going off like uh, uh, some sort of spontaneous combustion experiment with mousetraps and ping pong balls. And and uh, Martha and uh, Britt were then like, hey, 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 trying to get this. It, it was like a like a playground in fifth grade. It was just uh, stupid. But uh, speaking of unsavory, um, you uh, had a piece about this new revelation, 5,400 emails, all with pseudonyms secret names and so on, uh, hanging out over the National Archives, and they are apparently not too excited about releasing them uh, to congressional oversight that's that's asked. I'm kind of curious about that, of the willingness of different uh, probably willingness is a bad word, uh, but the uh, the actions of different government departments, whether it's the Department of the Justice Department, whether it's the FBI, CIA, archives, IRS, whatever, they get these notes from these various Republican oversight committees and send us over this, send us over that, and they basically say up yours. And, and nothing much comes of it, at least for a protracted period of time when all the various threats for subpoenas and so on go out and uh, nothing comes in until that happens. Is that a uh, is that the uh, what do they call it? Is that the new Biden normal? Is that the way this is going to go under this administration? Um, it's yeah, it's the way it's going in this administration. I, I think there's a lot of precedent for it in previous administrations. There have been a lot of um, agencies that stonewalled Capitol Hill. Uh, but it, it's, it's great. The House Oversight Committee is trying to get these uh, 5,000 emails that Joe Biden wrote when he was vice president, but uh, Joe Biden used pseudonyms uh, to basically hide what he was doing. Uh, he was using the name uh, Robert I. Peters. He was using the name uh, Robin Ware. Uh, but it, it's not true that he used the name Carlos Danger, okay? No, or I.P. Daly. I don't think he used that one either. So the, um, there was a, a, a Southeastern Legal Foundation filed a, a FOIA request to get these documents. Uh, the uh, National Archives has, has stiffed them completely. House Oversight's asking for them. There might be some bombshells in this because some of the emails that have leaked out from other sources make it look like Biden was using his um, these pseudonyms to help the family uh, business racketeering. So... Yeah, well, I'd, I'd be interested to see. I've become a, really interested in trying to find out the the leverage, the power, the buttons, the authority, the law, the precedent, or whatever the hell it takes, you know, for some of these oversight committees to you know to blast these things loose instead of dragging out days and weeks and months to get the material thereafter. I mean, look how long it took to get the uh, the, the Biden uh, laptops. It's just uh, uh, fascinating. <laughs> ah, ah, you know? ah. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, the Biden laptop did not come from a federal agency, but go ahead. But maybe not a federal agency, but, you know, the fact that the FBI had it for forever and ever, amen. Right, yep. 
Yep. You know, and they had already made certain determinations about it and its contents, but they sat over there with this this uh, Alfred E. Newman look on their face like they didn't know what me worry, what, 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 and, and you know, five years? That seems to be more than enough time to uh, uh, to be forthcoming, and uh, forthcoming is the, uh, to my estimation at least, is the operative word, is they knew damn well what was going on over there, and they just, they, they wouldn't respond to the uh, to the demands from the, uh, from the various committees. So, you know, what do you call that? It certainly isn't uh, living up to the... Uh, to the principles of good governance, or your own, uh, or your agency's um, uh, oaths, you know, and so on. But as far as the uh, pseudonyms and stuff like that is concerned, I don't know. You had a line in your in your uh, piece about um, a possibility that Biden took a class in law school on incognito influence peddling, which is uh, yeah. which is a great line. That I figured, yeah, but he graduated at the bottom of his class, so even if he aced the course, it wouldn't be enough to get his grades out of the basement. So I don't know. Well, yeah. it, it, not only that, but I think it was in Syracuse, you know, so. Well, that could have been. Could have been. I don't know. I think getting mixed up between that and the Naval Academy, where the, where the hell he was supposedly wired ah, up. Ah, yeah, the Naval Academy might be. No, I, was, I mean, <laughs> there's lots of nice people from Syracuse. I don't want to get too much hate mail to your uh, podcast. So, but this is, you know, this is how the government works. I mean, as an investigative journalist, I've fought agencies for decades trying to get hard facts and. Sometimes I get them, more often I don't, or sometimes they trickle out until long after the next election. So, you know. Yeah, but you're just an investigative reporter. You don't have, you're not Jim Jordan. That's true. That's yeah. true. Jim Jordan has a hell of a lot more clout. Uh, so um, Jordan is uh, is doing some very good investigations. It's funny, the uh, places like the Washington Post tend to disparage the uh, House Oversight Committee and things like that and other investigations on the Hill. They have done some very good work, and they are finding some things. Um, I wish they were could move faster. Some of it's not their fault. Well, that's where that gets about circles back around to what I was saying about the responsiveness of these various uh, agencies that are that they receive the request, and then there's a waiting period, and they don't get an answer, and then there's another request, and I don't know whether there's some formality where you're required. You know, to say, well, I'm gonna, we're gonna send you this letter, and you've got 14 business days, or uh, two summer recesses, or you know, whatever, uh, to respond, and they don't, and they start all over again, and you've burned, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six months, whatever, they're five years, whatever it takes, before they eventually get around to it, and then uh, the uh, statute of limitations has run out. Gee, sorry about that. And um, everybody just kind of shrugs and moves on. But uh, some of the questions you raised in your piece, how many other Biden scandals are are, uh, are hanging around? <laughs> Scattered like unexploded cluster bombs. I like that. It's, it's kind of a rhetorical question. But do you get the sense that there's reason to believe that, uh, you know, just like with classified documents in the back of the Corvette, that there's uh, and, and over at his summer house and around and around, there's more of that stuff around? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't know. We've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I mean, Biden has such a long pattern of this kind of uh, uh, weasel dealings. So um, I don't have any confidence that, that he's been forthright on almost anything. Um, I mean, there are plenty of other politicians who have used, have had similar abuses. But, you know, um, it's funny to hear the politicians talk about uh, how Americans have self-government. Uh, <laughs> tricky to do when you've got so many blindfolds that the government attached. Yeah. 
Well, I get the sense that uh, that, that self-governance part is something that's reserved to these guys who call themselves elected officials or that they're ahead of some uh, some particular department. I'm going to govern me, but the rest of you are going to sit there. And uh, where is that, um, where's that $600 that you failed to claim on your last uh, IRS, uh, you know, 1040, whatever? But uh, there was another quote you had in there that got me, uh, uh, Federal Judge Amy Berman Jackson back in 2019. If people don't have the facts, democracy doesn't work. I'd paraphrase that. If the people don't have an honest ethical judicial system, no system of government's going to work. And freedom is just another word for a Janis Joplin song. I mean, that really is the problem, right? It's not so much that the people don't have the facts. That That is a problem. But some people do, and then they sit on them. But even if they don't sit on them, then you've got uh, you've got people that just you know they don't respond to to what they respond to. You have to threaten them with uh, subpoenas and so on, and even a lot of that just gets swept under the rug. So the facts are important, but being able to enforce what those facts reveal seems to me to be more important. Well, there are some glitches in the current system, <laughs> Mr. Bovard said modestly. Uh, another great line that I pulled out of your uh, your piece: Politics has rarely been an honest business. When was it an honest? Do you, can, do you have a nanosecond in there that you can cite that it was honest for that long a period? Um, well, I was trying to sound upbeat. I was trying to sound <laughs> like I was. Uh, I, I was. I was trying to sound like uh, someone who's had such high hopes for our political system mm. and is is once again crushed with disappointments. Yeah. Unlike you know the alternative would have been to uh, quote the line from Casablanca, I am shocked, I am shocked, there's gambling here. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's true, but that, it's, I don't know, I, uh, uh, irony and sarcasm and so on, It's uh, those are tough languages to speak these days. There's a whole, you know, generation below a certain demographic line where they just, they don't capiche, you know, that at all. But uh, I, uh, for those of you who missed it, I mean, here's something to try to incite you to go to jimbovar.com, where uh, that post article is reposing. Uh, will the National Archives go to the barricades to defend the privacy interests of Joe Biden's imaginary friends? That's a great question. Is one of those friends tall, have a fuzzy tail, and named Harvey? Will dogged <laughs> investigators, congressional committees, and whistleblowers obliterate the tattered remnants of Team Biden's credibility? Will the liberal media cease invoking the president's good intentions to expunge his crimes? And does Jill Biden really buy her clothes from the Tacoma Park Goodwill store? These are pressing questions that need to be answered. I, I totally agree with that. I think that uh, I guess we can just hope that that'll actually uh, actually come to pass at some point. Somebody's going to do it. And if, if worse comes to worse, I'll just ask some more rhetorical questions. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's what got you that award this month. You know, as I'm saying. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I'll send that to my. Um, no, I will. I won't even finish that line. It's so hard to be polite. I know. I think I know where that one's going. I'll just uh, stand over here on the sidelines and pretend I haven't known you that long. <laughs> but anyway, uh, hey, look, uh, before we bring this episode uh, uh, over to the partner of Dr. Kavorkian, don't fail to remember next week is Jack Daniel's birthday. And semi-conscious celebrants such as yourself will want to be more prepared than usual to gift those in your AA group with something special. And there's no better gift to give than reading material that will survive the worst hangover. Yes, I'm referring to the nearly endless selection of books penned by Jim Bovard, available at Amazon and profitable bookstores everywhere. 
Rumor has it there may be one near you. For the guzzlers on your list who haven't made it nearly the progress that you have, announcer's name here has managed to scribble a couple of paperbacks with small words, big print, lots of pictures that can be enjoyed by most anyone who can pass a breathalyzer test. You can also sign up for Brian Wilson Writes, my free Substack subscription. So you make the same mistake twice and wind up here on the floor a week from now because you will have been forewarned that the two and only will ride again when you least remember it. If all this is just too confusing, join the crowd that never gets smaller. Visit jimbovard.com and brianwilson.net for increased inflammation. Members of today's studio audience will each receive a free tablecloth inspired by Jill Biden's wardrobe consultant, courtesy of our bus driver and horticulturalist and electric bus driver, Joe Ted. For the pork festive Jim Bovard, you can look that up. This is your offstage pronouncer, Brian Wilson, reminding you for the last time to visit our inefficient solar-powered websites where we do better and political correct. Rebels refuse to comply with no pesky paywall yet. Thanks for enduring the pain of a kidney stone to be with us. Call your neighbors and tell your friends our next meeting will be underwear optional. Till then, remember, there are no stupid questions. There's just an abundance of inquisitive idiots. Pull the plug, Joe. <laughs>